Phil Murphy is the governor of New Jersey, and he's aiming to become the first Democrat in 44 years to win re-election to a second term. Governor, welcome. Good to be with you, David. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And is it fair to say that this election is a referendum on you, on your record over the last four years? I think any incumbent running for re-election has to be out there telling folks what you only what you will do. You're out there uh, talking about what you have done and how you're going to build on that. Uh, and I'm incredibly proud. We talked about a stronger, fairer New Jersey that works for everybody, not just for some. We inherited an enormous amount of challenges, underfunded schools, pension, health systems, uh, pension payments that were missed, uh, structural deficits, property tax uh, crises, etc. cetera. Uh, I think we've made an enormous amount of progress, but we still have a ways to go without question. And so I think the answer has got to be yes. Uh, people are looking at what you've done, what you've done, and also what you you lay out that you hope still to do if you have the fortunate case of being reelected. And, and Governor, your opponent Jack Chitterelli, he's, he's called you a he's called you a failed governor. He says New Jersey's gotten worse over the last four years. So how do you contrast your record with Jack Chitterelli's record? Listen, uh, the assemblyman was in Trenton for six years before I got here. So a lot of the challenges we've faced uh, and we've had to deal with since we got here were constructed or born under the Christie Chitterelli uh, period. So with all due respect to the assemblyman, um, We've been digging out of the mess that uh, was left for us uh, in part by votes that he took over a period of six years. So I would say with all due respect, I'm going to disagree dramatically. We've had three of the lowest property tax increases years on record. We finally made the full pension payment. By the way, $6.9 billion. We're fully funding public education at all-time high, public infrastructure all-time high, public health at all-time high. High. We have addressed and, and begun to close inequities that have, uh, have been killing us for years. Minimum wage going to $15 an hour, earned sick leave, funding women's health, Planned Parenthood, reforming the criminal justice system. Uh, for him to, to say that uh, is disconnected completely with reality and also disconnected to his years in Trenton when he helped uh, with Governor Christie at the time create the challenges that we inherited. Now, Assemblyman Chitterelli was, I mean, he was fairly critical of Chris Christie, uh, you know, especially, especially in the end when, when Governor Christie was running for president. Do you, do you really put him in that same lane as, as those who just went and voted yes on everything Christie asked for? Yeah, David, you got to look at the reality, man. He, he voted with Christie against funding women's health, against gun safety reforms, against raising minimum wage. Uh, he was with Christie on, on underfunding well, all those budgets that he voted for that underfunded pensions, um, voted against, you know, safe staffing ratios in nursing homes alongside Governor Christie. I mean, the, the evidence is, is pretty hard. He, he may have parted company uh, here or there, but the stuff that's really been dragging our state down and, and, and driving the inequities in our state, he was right by his side. And I'm speaking with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Governor, the legislature 
passed the state budget on Thursday. It was it was along party lines, but it was it was rather peacefully. And the the contrast between the last time you were a candidate, uh, a government shutdown, a a governor famously photographed sitting out on a closed beach. The the difference seems remarkable, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you, it, this process uh, was was really, really good. And I want to give the legislative leadership, Senate President Steve Sweeney, Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin, Budget Chair Paul Sarlo, Budget Chair Ileana Pinter-Marin, especially a lot of credit. Um, you know, we presented our budget back in February. And I think the Jersey process is largely a good one. You know, we presented our budget in February. We had I think literally dozens of hearings of our cabinet before the assembly or Senate. Uh, we were updating revenue projections the whole way as soon as we as soon as we got them, and the revenues clearly had a pretty dramatic uh, difference this year than expectation. Um, yeah, I think it's gotten honestly in in the in the years that I've been here. I think each year it has gotten uh, a little bit, if not a lot, better. Uh, and I think this one ended up in a really good place. And most importantly, David, it's a really good budget. It funds, as I said, public education all time high. Uh, it meets our obligations. You know, we inherited a lot of structural deficits. It's not just a record pension payment. It's defeasing, which is a fancy word for ultimately get reducing our indebtedness by two and a half billion dollars, avoiding other indebtedness by a billion two. Um, uh, public health investments. I, I just. I think there's an enormous amount here that will aid our recovery, and God knows we need it because this pandemic clobbered us as a state, uh, and we're going to need everything we've got to get our state back on our feet and, 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 and to make us one of the first states in America to recover, and this budget goes a long way toward helping us do that. And Governor, you've spoken a lot about what you've done over the last four years, but what's your plan for the second term? If, there's, if there is a second term, what's, your, what's Act 2? I think, David, several things. Number one, we need to recover as a state from this pandemic, and we're committed to that. You know, two million people filing for unemployment, 30 percent of our small businesses going uh, under losses of life now, over 26,000 blessed souls. So it's recovering from all that to the extent we can. You can never replace uh, a loved one. But getting back on our feet, I think, is job number one addressing and closing the inequities, number two. This pandemic, I've said this many times, the pandemic did not create the inequities, but it has laid them bare. Uh, and I think certain, you know, there are, there are journeys that we've started that are far from complete. Uh, and I think this contrast in the election is literally between keep going forward or going backward. And what I mean even more granularly by that, it is a, a choice between not just doing work that we have not yet been able to get done, for instance, Re Reproductive Freedom Act, as an example, but it is also an election where we risk not just what we have not yet done, but undoing what we have already done, and we cannot afford that. Uh, so I'd say there's a lot of uh, – we've begun a lot of journeys, David, uh, and I'm proud of, you know, of, of the whole range of them, you know, getting adult use cannabis that – you know, we're, we're almost there, but getting that up and running, continuing to fund public education, expand pre-K, make college more affordable and attainable, make health care more affordable and attainable. We've done a lot, but there's still a lot more to do. So, Governor, I want to I touch on the Reproductive Freedom Act that you just mentioned eight months ago before the 
results of the election, presidential election were, were over, uh, you introduced the Reproductive Freedom Act. Uh, it, it was looking I guess, to codify the state's abort, abortion protections. Last month, you said you hoped it would pass in June. Uh, it's not going to. So who's to blame for that bill not moving through the legislature? I mean, David, I'd, le- I'd focus less on who's to blame than the urgency that we need to get this over the goal line, and I am committed uh, to getting that done. For folks listening who may not be as close to this, um, all of the protections that women have as it relates to reproductive freedom in New Jersey are based on case law, all of the case law of which, in turn, is based on Roe v. Wade, the, the seminal Supreme U.S. Supreme Court decision. With a Trump Supreme Court, uh, and with their willingness to hear a Roe v. Wade uh, contest, uh, there is every reason to believe that that uh, foundation, if you will, is at risk. And if that goes away, all of our case law falls upon that like a house of cards. So we have to put reproductive freedom into statute, and it is urgent to do so. And I would just say the sooner we can get this done, the better. It may not be easy, but that does not mean it is not urgent and it is not needed uh, uh, immediately. And I will stay committed to that. And, and I'm speaking with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Governor, I know I know religion's a touchy subject. Uh, a group of bishops want to deny President Biden communion because of, of his support for abortion rights. And I think this, this happened about 17 years ago in New Jersey. Governor McGreevy stopped receiving Holy Communion. Do you do you worry about the blurring of separation of church and state in the country? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I'm still, frankly, trying to digest this myself. I am a Roman Catholic. Uh, that's the faith that I've been brought up in. Um, I have to say, with great respect uh, to the U.S. Uh, conclave decisions, I, I, I looked to the Pope with great hope uh, in, in his words, uh, in the sense that uh, that that there's you know he he hopes there's the opportunity to continue to bring folks I think he said something the Eucharist is for the sinners uh, and not the saints and and I and I have to say I personally have an enormous amount of sympathy with that mindset uh, and so we we shall see which way this road turns but uh, God bless us all and Governor Mammoth University poll showed 14% of New Jerseyans said they will never get vaccinated. If, if they can avoid it, they will never get vaccinated. You're at 70% now. So if the poll's right, and Patrick Murray's usually right, and the cap is at 86%, what's, what's the timeline on hitting that cap? What's the timeline of going from 70 to 86? It's a good question. And I would say, David, with nothing but great respect, I would beg people who are not, are not yet vaccinated to get vaccinated. The reasons to not get vaccinated pale in comparison to the reasons to get vaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, and that's a fact. If you look at the people who are being hospitalized, God forbid, uh, even further going in the IC unit or even f- more God forbidding passing, these are overwhelmingly, if not entirely, folks who are unvaccinated. I can't give you a day or a day of the week when we get to that number, but I will say this, even though we got to the milestone that we had predicted that we would get to, and by the way, I'm incredibly proud of our vaccination program. I would compare it to any states in America, and and, and certainly uh, given our size, uh, uh, it's particularly notable. 
the, the thing I'm most proud of is the day after we achieved the objective, we were knocking on doors in 22 communities in the state uh, that are we had deemed that are large enough and under vaccinated. So I can't give you a particular date, but we're going to keep our foot on the pedal, or the, the, the throttle down, whatever the phrase is, uh, until we drive this damn virus into the ground and get as many people vaccinated as possible. And I'm speaking with Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey. Governor, one of the other things you've, you've expressed a lot of pride over over the last four years is is your record on appointing women to positions in state government, to, to Supreme Court judgeships. The Center for American Women in Politics released a study this week. They, sh- they showed a, a severe slowdown in the number of women serving in municipal and county office. Why, why has New Jersey become a little bit sluggish in electing women? Well, that's a good question. I've not seen the report, David, but I'm not surprised by it. This continues to be, um, you, you, you know, and I'm listen guilty as charged. Here I am, but this continues to be a male-dominated and even more so white male-dominated uh, uh, reality in politics, elected politics. And I think your your question was about elected politics. Am I right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I just will say we got to do everything in our power to change that. We're the most diverse state in America. Um, we have extraordinary talent. Uh, I'm incredibly honored to go to work every single day alongside Sheila Oliver, who is a, an icon and, he- and a hero in this state. Um, we need to do everything we can uh, to lift up more women, lift up more persons of color, such that hopefully sooner than later our elected officials. Listen, I'm proud of the fact we've got the most diverse cabinet in America and in New Jersey's history. Uh, that's the great news. Uh, but we got to make sure our elected officials have that same diversity and they look, please God, sooner than later, uh, just like the extraordinarily diverse state that they serve. And Governor Jack Cittarelli has said that you're not Jersey enough, that a, that a guy from Boston shouldn't be the governor of New Jersey. And, and, and first of all, I thank Boston for the generosity in sending us Babe Ruth and Roger Clemens and Johnny Damon. That was, that was very nice of, <laughs> of, of Boston. But, but, but what do you say to put, put that in there? Well, Yankees first, Governor. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, but, David. But what do you say about his criticism that you're not from here? Yeah, I'd say two things. Uh, first of all, it's ridiculous. He's the only person who's ever raised this with me. So, you know, when I when I meet people on the street and I meet them by the tens of thousands, literally a year, sometimes depending on a holiday, we get tens of thousands in one weekend. People want to talk about jobs, health care, opportunity. Are their kids going to get a, have a better life than, than than they had? That's the reality. That's what folks are looking for. And secondly, I, I would ask the rhetorical question. Did any of us, including the assemblymen, have a choice as to where they were born? The answer to that is obviously no. Tammy and I deliberately, volitionally, I know a big word, I apologize, uh, chose New Jersey to plant the flag to raise our four kids. We did that on purpose. It's the best decision of our lives. Thank you. Governor Phil Murphy, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Great to be with you, David. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And this is David Wildstein, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.